You're listening to a message from Mattia Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. Good morning, Southridge. How are you doing? It is great to see you. Man, I miss being with you. I really wish I was with you, able to see you, but I'm so glad that you're jumping online or you're watching uh, whatever channels that you're able to view this. I'm so glad to see you. Thank you for making time to be here. Uh, today, I wanna give a quick shout out to all those who joined us last week, we're seeing our uh, online audience grow. And so please, if you're viewing this on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Church Online, man, give us a shout out in the comments. Let us know your name. Uh, let us know where you're watching from and just let us know a little bit about you. We wanna get connected with you. Also, there's a great way to stay connected with our church by downloading the Southridge app. You can text Southridge app to 77977. It has all of our events on it. It's got uh, the latest uh, sermons and podcasts, as well as other great life group content. You can also be able, are able to share that content as well. So I would love for you to take this content and share it with your friends, your family, coworkers, because I believe that every week we're going to bring something that's going to be help and encouragement during these difficult times. So let's dive in right now. I'm so glad that you're here. Looking forward to seeing what God has for us. And many times when it comes to difficulty, we begin to second guess God. We begin to second guess his goodness. And maybe that's where you might find yourself thinking, man, things used to be better before. And right now you're in a season where you're thinking, I don't know, God, where are you in all this chaos? What what are you doing? What I don't understand everything that's happening. And so this is the message that I think is gonna be a great help and encouragement to you. So if you have a copy of God's word, let's go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number eight. And I wanna share a couple words because we live in the age of the anxious, don't we? I mean, there's so much to be anxious for. And so in Mark chapter number eight, we see a powerful story. Beginning verse number 22, the Bible says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him, they begged Jesus to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. So here's a man who has lost his sight. But even though this man has lost his sight, Jesus is about to use it to teach a powerful lesson. And I want that perspective for all of us today, that whenever we go through loss, we look for the lesson. Would you put that in the comments? Would you share that with somebody? That when you go through loss, look for the lesson. So what is the lesson here? I mean, it's a fascinating story. I mean, Jesus has healed countless people. 
There's been so many people who he has saved miraculously. There has been uh, blind eyes that he has healed. There's death that he's been able to give them hearing. There are people that have been uh, uh, demon-possessed that he's healed. People that were lame that he was able to raise up. Even the dead he brought back to life. So why is this story so peculiar, so unique? For several different reasons. One of them being the fact that Jesus goes about this miracle in a very unusual way. Uh, Did you notice it? The scripture tells us that Jesus took this blind man out of the city of Bethsaida. Now, if you know anything about people that are blind, they can get used to living on their own if they have predictable patterns, if they have routine, if they know exactly where things are, they can live on their own, they can operate on their own. Why? Because they live by what is predictable. Many times, you and I, we love patterns and predictability, right? I just notice even in my own life, I love to get into a good, healthy pattern and just kind of stay there. But in this passage, Jesus takes this blind man out of his predictable pattern. He takes him out of the city. It's in the city where the people are, where this blind man would stay at a city gate, maybe at a busy shop or a market, and he would beg for his income, for his livelihood. So why would Jesus take him out of that? Why would Jesus take him away from maybe where even his other beggar and blind friends are? Maybe his community, maybe his relationships. Why did Jesus take him out of that? Here's the other thing to consider. Uh, it's almost a dangerous thing to take a blind person out of what's familiar. When you take a blind person out of familiar, what if they get lost? What if they, they don't know where they're going? So even the blind man's friends who had the courage to bring this blind man to Jesus, even they kind of were aware of all these factors. Did you see what the scripture says in verse 22? They brought the blind man to Jesus, which if you have friends that are bringing you to Jesus, those are the right type of friends. Now, you can be that type of friends. So right now, put it in the comments. If you had a friend who brought you to Jesus, put their name. Give them a shout out because those are the type of friends we need in our life. And maybe that's the type of friend God's calling you to be. But even the friends realized that it was dangerous for this man. So the friends even said, Jesus, touch him. But does Jesus touch him and heal him? No. Jesus doesn't touch him. Jesus takes him. Very different. But why would Jesus take him out of this because of one simple fact. You see, our faith does not operate in the familiar. Did you catch it? Our faith does not operate in the familiar. You see, it doesn't take faith when you're in the familiar. Jesus wanted to take him out of the area where he was comfortable, where he was safe, where he was used to the routine. And he was deciding to say, you know what? I got to take you out of this place where you're used to it, you're comfortable, so I can do the miraculous, so I can do something new in your life. So this man was led by Jesus, even though everybody around him said, Jesus, just touch him. Some of you are frustrated by Jesus. You say, why are you frustrated? Your faith is frustrating because Jesus isn't doing what you want him to do. Many of you have prayed prayers, you begged, you fasted, and you're like, Jesus, if you would just uh, uh, change the situation or change my spouse, change my kids, change my addictions. God, if you would just do this, you would just fix it. Man, this would be so much better. But some of you this morning, this afternoon, this evening, or whenever you're watching, viewing, or listening to this, your faith is frustrating. I wanna encourage you, don't be frustrated by your faith, that Jesus is going to take you somewhere and not just touch you. He's got somewhere he wants to take you, but don't be discouraged by that, because when Jesus leads you, he's not about to leave you. So Jesus is going to lead this man, 
and he leads them out of his comfort zone. God is calling many of you out of your comfort zone. It's time that you understand that faith is not friends with the familiar. That for your faith to operate and grow, it means you have to step out and into the unknown. Many of you are resistant to step into that. And so you're limiting your own faith because God wants to do so much more in you and through you, but because you believe that faith has to stay in the familiar. I can't get out of my comfort zone. I got to stay right here with my normal patterns and routines. But Jesus is saying, no, I, I want to do something so much bigger in your life. For many years throughout my high school and college years, I would go volunteer at a Christian camp called the Bill Rice Ranch. At this camp, I loved it. Every week, we would have anywhere from 800 to 1,000 teenagers who would show up. It was a Christian camp, so there would be a contest, there would be games, we had a swimming pool, we had a great preaching throughout the week. It was just an awesome time to be together. One of the things I loved about the camp was that you would see on Sunday when everybody began arriving, Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, all these kids, young people would be showing up and something fascinating would happen. You would immediately see some uh, rebels. You would see some hardcore teens. You would see some kids who were just, man, they, they, weren't, they weren't about to join what everybody else is doing. As a matter of fact, they were kind of maybe rebels. And so you would see these teens, man, they were hardcore. They didn't want to go to the services. They didn't want to follow any of the rules. But it was these very teens that you're just thinking, man, I don't know if this week's going to be very good for them. As a matter of fact, we might have to send them home early. But by about Wednesday or Thursday night, when they would do an altar call, an old-fashioned altar call, some of you might know what that is. After the message, they give an invitation and they let people come forward and people pray with them. Those same teenagers who are so hard, who are so callous, all of a sudden would walk down with tears in their eyes streaming down, just grieved over their sin, grieved over their wrong behavior, just, just broken over their rebellion. And all of a sudden they would come to a counselor, they would throw their arms around their church counselor, youth pastor, or maybe their parents were there. And man, they would just break down. They would say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for how I've acted, how I've been treating you. And it's in those moments where other people were surprised. So they would come to us who worked at the camp. They'd say, ah, that was just incredible to see that happen. And then if we'd, you'd work there long enough, you would tell them, you know, something special happens when you get people out of what they're familiar with. When you get take people out of where they're comfortable, where you take them out of the friends and the relationships and the locations that they're used to, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to work in their life, begins to transform them from the inside out. All of a sudden people that you thought were so hard-hearted, people that you thought were just so uh Oh, far from the Lord, people that you would think, man, these kids would never change. All of a sudden, Thursday, when you take them away from all of the other stuff, they change. And I believe God wants to do the same for you. I believe that God wants to bring you out of the familiar because God wants to unlock something inside of you. He wants to do something so much greater in your life. Will you allow him to take you out of the familiar this morning, this afternoon? Would you allow him to do that work? But then something fascinating happens. Jesus then spits in the man's eyes and then he's about to heal the man. Here's what's interesting. He's going to heal this man, but the miracle doesn't happen right away, does it? In verse 24, it says, the man looked around and said, I see, I see clearly, but I see people as trees. Wait a minute. Jesus, did the miracle not work? Is this the first time that Jesus didn't 
I don't know, the miracle just, he didn't say the right words, didn't lay his hands in the right position or, or something happened or something was wrong with the spit or something. What, why, why is it he sees people as trees? Why is it that he doesn't see people as they really are? You see, your faith and my faith sometimes is gonna be frustrated because it doesn't work out right away. Isn't it amazing that we, we just want our faith to just, man, we pray once and it just kind of happens. You see, what you and I need to understand, this is the first time that there's a progressive miracle in the Bible. Progressive meaning it took some time. It took some time for this miracle to fully work. So what does that mean? You see, faith does not operate in the familiar, but you need to understand, Jesus was intentional about what he was doing. He brought this man out. He had changed his location. Now he's changing the man's condition. And so to do that, you need to understand what Jesus is doing is very intentional. He's trying to build this man's faith. The stronger his faith, the stronger he would be. So Jesus decides that when it came to this man, I'm gonna help him. But Jesus knew I'm gonna do this in a progressive way. So Jesus' idea of helping this man was by saying, I'm going to touch your eyes and then I'm going to touch it a second time. For many of us, the hardest part about our problems and our pain is that it takes patience to work through it. And some of us, we give up too soon. But you need to understand, my faith and your faith needs a fight. It needs a fight. You see, you never understand the strength of your faith until it's tested until it's put under an extreme difficult situation. That's what faith needs. But some of us are resisting allowing God to test our faith. And so we think the way we see it is the way it is. We think the way we see our boss is the way he really is. The way we see our spouse is the way he really is. The way we see the world and the situations and culture, we think that's the way it really is. But I'm here to tell you, you're just like that blind man in need of a second touch. Your faith needs a fight to grow. You see, the way you see it is not the way it is. Jesus wanted the man to understand that. Your understanding needs to be changed. That the way you see the argument, the way you see the fight is not how it really is. See, Jesus is trying to do something in this man's life. So Jesus is doing something. And he's trying to let this man know that your faith needs to grow. It needs this fight. And that's often what children do, isn't it? You say, what do you mean? They test the limits. God wants you to test the limits of your faith. Some of you have not yet begun to test how strong your faith is. We as a church are beginning to test how strong our faith is. Is our faith strong enough to change our culture? Is our faith strong enough to reach those who are lost and far from Jesus? Is our faith strong enough to overcome hatred? Is our faith strong enough to overcome anger? Is our faith strong enough to overcome the sin that's in this world? You see, God is looking for people who have faith. And we talked about it. Even just a little bit of faith is powerful. So we need to understand that when it comes to this faith, the way I see it is not how it really is. Do you remember Elijah as he had a servant and the servant came to Elijah and says, we're surrounded by the army of the Midianites. They're come to take us. And the, the, the prophet, the age wise prophet said, Lord, open his eyes because the way he sees it, is not how it really is. So he prayed, God, would you open his eyes? And immediately the servant's eyes are open and he sees around the hills, surrounding the Midianite army is an army of angels. You see, the way you see it, it's not the way it really is. 
The way you see this COVID-19 is not the way it really is. You need to say, God, would you open mine eyes? The psalmist said, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of the law. Would you pray that this morning? Would you pray that this afternoon? Would you pray that every day? Would you say, you know what? I'm disappointed by everything that's going on. I'm frustrated by everything that's going on. Would you pray, God, give me eyes to see what I, what I cannot see. Would you give me that second touch? Because right now I'm not seeing things clearly and I need to see it clearly. So Father, would you help me? Would you speak in this situation? And that's what you and I need today because that's what's gonna help us. Because we live in a culture that loves instant, right? Man, we love instant. So some of us love instant and I am a child. I was born in the 80s, but I'm a child of the 90s, right? So in the 90s and early 2000s, fast food had its day. Man, I love fast food. Nowadays, we're not so much into fast food, are we? We're all into fast casual nowadays. So fast casual food is more of our thing, but everybody likes instant. Here's the thing about instant food. Instant food is like life. You know, you can get, uh, you can get it quickly, but you won't get quality. And many of us want both, don't we? We want it quickly and we want the quality. But here's the thing. Some of you, I'd love for you to put it in the comments. What is your favorite instant food? Is it instant rice, instant oatmeal, instant pudding, instant potatoes, instant eggs? I mean, some of those are just plain nasty. They got all kinds of instant everything. So put it in the comment, what's the worst thing you've eaten that's instant? But isn't it amazing? We know that instant food, it may kind of curb our hunger, but it's not satisfying. If I had to choose between fine dining and fast food, I'm choosing fine dining. And I don't mind waiting because I know the quality is gonna be there. You see. Many of us think, God, I want it quickly. I want my miracle quickly. You're not going to get the quality. So have patience in the pain in this moment. Let God do his perfect work. So remember, it might be difficult, but God is working through this. Now, this whole story, there's something that's kind of underneath the surface we haven't really talked about. You say, what's that? It's this part that notice what Jesus says and what he doesn't say. Beginning in verse number 22, picture it in your mind. They bring a blind man to Jesus. Jesus actually doesn't say a word. Verse 22, 23, 24, 25, all the way to verse 26. Jesus has not said anything. Isn't that amazing? We just think, oh, Jesus is just talking to the man and it's not recorded. Mark, who's the only uh, gospel writer to record this particular story, does not record that Jesus says anything till verse 26. Notice verse number 26. He says this, Jesus sent the man away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Isn't that interesting? You see, Jesus wanted to make one final point to this man. And I believe he wants to make a final point to you and I. And that is simply this, that Jesus changed this man's location. He changed this man's condition. But also Jesus wants to change this man's interactions. You see why? Because in the village, there's other people there that might pull this man back in. So Jesus specifically says, do not go back to the familiar. Many of us are fine with the familiar. Have you noticed that? And it's time that we say, you know what? I'm not going to be fine with the familiar. I'm not going to make friends with the familiar. It's time that I'm ready to leave my village, my comfort zone, step into the unknown and let faith bring about the miracles that I need in my life. We live in a, uh, an unprecedented day where we see, need to see men and women of strong faith, moms and dads of strong faith, singles with strong faith, 
churches with strong faith, unashamed, ready to leave the comfort, ready to stand up for Jesus, not just to sit quietly. We live in a day and age where we need passionate, purpose-filled Christ followers. But today, it seems like more than ever, we're not getting that. And Jesus is making a point to us. He's saying, hey, don't go back to the person you were before COVID-19. Don't go back to the habits that you used to go back to. Today, I hear everybody talking about, oh, I just can't wait for normal. I just can't wait to go back and do the things I used to do. Some of you miss traffic. Some of you miss your annoying coworkers. Some of you miss having to wait in line for a restaurant, a seat at the table. But I'm here to tell you, there are some things you're going to go back to that you should never go back to. There are some things that God wanted to deliver you from that he does not want you to making the decision to return to. He wants you to have a radical change. And just like he told this man, don't go back to the village. God is speaking to you. Don't go back. Don't go back to that person. Make a change today. Make a declaration. Put it in the comments. Put it in the chat that today you're not going back. Say, I will not go back. I'm going forward. Our faith looks forward, never backwards. So I know people are talking about a new normal, but what is a new normal? That's just a way where we eventually get comfortable. You know, I've found out that there's really no such thing as a new normal. Uh, I, by the time I was adjusting to married life, we had a child. By the time I was adjusting to having one child, we had a second child. By the time I was adjusting to have two children, we had three children. By the time I was adjusting to working on the church staff, God calls to start a church. You know, God's always pushing you out of your comfort zone. He's always pushing you out of the familiar. Why? Because that's where faith is operates and that's where faith is activated. So allow God to take you out of the comfort zone. Allow God to do the incredible work in your life because that's where God can change your condition. You see, sadly, we're familiar with debt. We're familiar with divorce. We're familiar with separation. We're familiar with drugs and hatred and animosity. These things we should not be familiar with. It is time that we say, you know what? I'm done with thinking that familiar is okay. It's time that we're no longer friends with the familiar. Faith and the familiar are enemies, church. Do you understand that? Do you understand the, the point that Jesus is trying to make? He's trying to say, if you're trying to grow your faith, it's not, not going to happen in the familiar. So it's time to shake up your life, shake up your routine and say, I'm going to step out and I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to do things differently. And that's where God does the greatest work in our life. So don't go back to boring. Don't go back to boring. Go into all that God's called you to do. You see, God wants you to leave the familiar to embrace that faith. Will you do it? I hope so. My prayer is that God would do this in your life. My prayer is that you would choose him, that you would choose to say, you know what? I am ready to stand up. I'm ready to be different. I'm ready to, to have people understand I'm, I'm done with the familiar. I'm going to step out in faith to what God is calling me to. Even though it's scary, even though it's unknown, I'm willing to follow Jesus and leave the familiar. That's what Jesus is calling you to. So maybe for you this morning, for you to do that, you need to choose Jesus as your personal savior. You need to say, God, I repent of my sins. Lord, I want to leave this old life. Lord, would you come into my life and would you forgive me of my sins? Would you forgive me of my sin? I repent of my wrongdoing. Repent needs to change my mind that you now see, not as once you used to see, but you see things how they really are. You say, God, I realized my life was wrong. I was wrong. And Lord, I need you. Would you forgive me? And you pray that in Jesus' name, you are saved. I hope that you stay connected with our church. 
I hope that you continue to give and serve and involve and invite people to be a part of this. You can stay connected with us by downloading our app. Also in this season, I wanna let you know that we're thankful for your generosity. Thank you for your giving. Because of your giving, our church has been able to serve 866 families with groceries. We've been able to give away fabric masks and toiletries, 866. As of this recording, we're gonna approach well over a thousand families that in six weeks, we've been able to provide groceries for. It's because of your giving, your donations. So thank you, church. Stay connected with us. If you haven't gotten involved, you can get involved in a Zoom life group. Uh, you can join Growth Tracks. You can stay connected with us. We love you and we're here for you. God bless you. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.